what's going on in this thing, and uh, and I was singing it to Brandon earlier, so you know he got a taste <laughs> yeah. of, of, of butterfly kisses. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 106 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. And with me, as always, podding to him is easier than setting a clock back. Most awesome. Ooh. Coming in with that daylight. Savings right. energies on this pod. I don't know. Up is down, left is right. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, I think it's kind of nice because I think it, it was starting to get real dark real early. And then, like, today I remember looking outside. Yep. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. A little bit more a little bit more daylight. They're like, oh, it's 7 o'clock. It's still daylight. This is weird to me. I think it's, like, weird, like, the people that are, like, adamantly against it. Like, I don't – like, who gives a shit? Like, right. Like, the, who, <laughs> who protests it? Yeah, they're just like, oh, this is – so I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I guess, maybe. Who cares? Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing to make your thing. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? yeah. Just move to right. Arizona and get over it if it's that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. All right, and we have a jam-packed episode 106. We're doing Rip from the Headlines. We're talking NCAA March Madness preview. we got our guest, Drew Jordan, joining us to talk NCAA Mount Rushmore of college coaches. Going to do the MAMA parenting tips. Daddy-daughter dances, what to expect. Going to do a Neapolitan showdown. Drew's going to stick around to judge that. We're talking most immature things about ourselves. We're going to do a fight night recap. We watched the Asanya Romero fight, give you our thoughts. We're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. That's, that's a lot of, lot of fucking show. <laughs> a lot of words. That's I know, run down. You're trying to power through, man. Yeah, you got to take headlines. a breath before there. NCAA March Madness preview. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Oh, because we're getting close to our favorite time of the year, March oh, yeah. Madness. Conference championship games will be starting, I think, Wednesday, Thursday for the big tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just wanted to kind of get a little bit in before the tourney starts and maybe see who we're liking and what our thoughts are about this upcoming college uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think my big thing is just looking at the AP Top 25, um, some new faces, or I guess mainly mm-hmm. lacking some well-known faces. I heard this someone point this out, like kind of for the first time in a long time, like none of our number one seeds are from the Big Ten or the ACC so far, kind of how we're lining up. Uh, just right. go through the top ten. I had a, I thought I was looking at something old or like a women's bracket, like number three team <laughs> is Dayton Flyers. Yeah, yeah, they have played, but they've played, they've beaten everybody they lost to. They lost to your KU, I think by like six points, mm-hmm. four or five, six points somewhere in there. And then they lost to, I think, Colorado by two. And Colorado's a, a, a good team in the Big 12. In our preview, I actually talked about them bringing like seven players back from a, a decent tourney run last year. Um, they haven't had a great success this year, but still, Dayton. 
run the table, doing exactly what they're supposed to be, kind of in that San Diego State uh, uh, realm, right, of just kind of, hey, they're beating everyone in front of them. Yeah. And they're beating them pretty handily. And they've got a good guy in Obi Toppin, who probably is going to be a lottery pick, just kind of came out of nowhere this year. Uh, Pretty big athletic, 6'9", kind of do it all forward. Um, And that last night he played George Washington and was just dunking on everybody. So it'll be interesting to see if they can – they can conjure up a little magic. So we got Dayton. We got uh, number four Baylor, five San Diego State. Like you said, Kentucky is in there. Florida State, uh, Seton Hall, maybe a team mm-hmm. that we don't usually see that high in the top ten. Um, and Maryland and Louisville round out the top ten. Can you kind of break these down for tiers for me? Most awesome. What are we looking at? Just as far as is this a year where we have like two or three teams that are just head and shoulders above everybody else, or is there like a mixed bag of just like eight teams that we could see cutting down the nets? Yeah, see, this would be one of those years where I would like if you're like a draft nick, then you're you're breaking down your elite players. Yeah, I almost don't even have a tier one because you you probably could put Kansas in there, the closest one in there. Nice, but everyone has their yeah, everyone has their question marks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I would not sit there and be like, oh, Dayton's tier one. No way, San Diego State. No way, Baylor. They have their question marks, too. So it's like I don't, San Diego State just lost last night to Utah State, and they had, like, they were, I think it was, like, 25 wins in a row or something to start the season. Every team has their question marks. So I wouldn't even feel super confident in putting, like, some of the Blue Bloods in there as that Tier 1. I would say there's probably a, de- a definitive Tier 2, and that's this year I would say Kansas, Gonzaga, and uh, and Baylor. I'd say those are my solid tier two teams. I would feel like these these teams I would bet are going to make a deep run into the tournament, elite eight at least. So what makes a better tournament? Is it a better tournament when we have you know just two to three teams that are just like oh we're definitely going to see them in the final four, or is this more? I mean, I tell you what, this favors everyone that just makes a random NCAA bracket. I feel like for sure, those, like yeah. and those are up for the t- especially you get into like those. Get ready to talk about like the five twelves upsets because like right. shit. Right, I picked Creighton because the they're blue and I like exactly. their colors. Just exactly. Like, you know what? Yeah. You have a good chance as anybody else in it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think from like a from a wildness standpoint, you think of like I think it was George Mason that made a run. They were like an eleven seed of the Final Four. Yeah. Um, I think it's like good in the early on, but once we get into the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, I want to see quality basketball. I don't want to see when Gordon Hayward dragged Butler all the way to the final, the championship game, and then, you know, basically went toe-to-toe with Duke. It was kind of an ugly game. I think that was 2015. Um, I don't want to see that. I want to see I want to see quality. Actually, it probably was later than 2011, I think it was. Yeah, it was really- um, that would make sense, right? Yeah. Hayward's been in the league for a while. Uh, drink it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I want to see, I, like, I like in the early rounds where everyone – you know, there's a lot of upsets early, but then the cream rises to the top and we get good high level quality basketball. Like it would stink to see, you know, Gonzaga go out early and obviously your KU go out early because, you know, I would like to see those guys. Yeah, no, slow my roll. I get it because I want to see those guys. I want to see those teams, those elite teams in, uh, or those blue bloods in the, uh, in the final four. So is there anything we're kind of watching for right now in this conference tournament to get a little bit more information before we go into the big dance? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would really kind of see who's playing well. Um, we've talked about, you know, UConn uh, in the past and kind of some of those deep runs that they've made. Uh, you know, Kemba Walker 
making a deep run and carrying that team. Chavez, Chavez Napier for UConn as well, like five, four years later doing a similar thing as well. So I, I'd say watch for those, you know, upper-level uh, caliber conferences, the Big East, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, and f- look for those teams that get hot and maybe have, like, a, an NBA-caliber-level player that are going to carry them through. Like, for example, and I know Seton Hall, we they're in the top ten, but watch for, like, a Miles Powell to just carry them through the Big East tournament and, you know, put up big numbers. Marquette has another player, Marcus Howard, who could do a similar thing, who's leading the, the country and scoring at, like, 27.5 points. Watching those guys get just red hot, I would keep an eye on for that. Um and less on some of the, you know, like we talked about our, our Loyola favorites yeah. uh, from a few years ago. Um, I, I'd more focus on the, the the upper level conference teams that kind of make a surge and either win out unexpectedly or make a deep run. Okay, well, right before we get Drew on the line to shit all over the Tar Heels, give me one <laughs> Cinderella team we can kind of keep our eye on that you like. Oh. Um... Yes. I mean, I think Dayton is as much of a Cinderella, even though they're the three seed. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I really like what Seton Hall can do. I know they're the eighth seed. I know it's not, they're 21 and seven, I think 22 and seven. I just like Miles Paul Powell. I think he's a good player. I think they have a good chance to make a deep ish run in the tournament. I know it's not really a Cinderella, but they're also not the, the type of team. I, I, truthfully, if you're really, wanting to look for a Cinderella-ish team. I don't know if there's going to be one out there that is going to jump off the page. Yeah. You know, uh, Northern Iowa, I'm not really sure. Utah State, maybe, because they just beat San Diego State, but they got to win out, basically, to get in. So um, I, I think it's going to be just an up-and-down turning, truthfully. Yeah, Any, anything can happen. Uh, shaking it all up. Um, all right, we got Drew Jordan on the phone joining us. Bring us to the jam. Anybody, 
um, particularly Duke. Um, I, I have not actually watched the game. I know the result, of course, uh, but when you have three kids, a six o'clock tip off is not um, really convenient. And you know, I'm I'm one of these guys who, um, you know, I, I I like to sit down, particularly this game, and, and really just kind of absorb the whole thing, really watch it intently. Um, so I have it recorded, and that's what I, that's where I'm heading next. I, I did want to talk to like most often to chime in on this because he has uh, three kids himself. Uh, just right. kind of. Kind of like when does it – do you need to see it live or is it more – because I remember when I got to see you last month and I was back in town, like you were just like, all right, the big thing is like I'm kind of not watching the game now, but I'm going to record it so I can go back home and watch it just kind of live and re-experience it. Right. So is that is, – is that, is that, do you try to like avoid the score or are you just like, all right, like this is this is my time to really just kind of revel in what happened? I, I, I think the latter. Uh I couldn't. I don't think I could avoid the score, even if I wanted to. Um, it, it would just. It would kill me to to not to, to be in the dark. Um, so to to watch it later is definitely uh, fun in a way when you don't have to worry about what the outcome is. But it but it also takes away a little bit of that excitement that you get from watching it live. You know, you and I were together the first the first go around with Duke and UNC this year. Uh, and I was following it on my phone, and when it went into overtime, you know, we went up and got and watched it live, and that's always really, really exciting. But in a way, it's also uh, it also takes years off your life, so you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to, to just watch it later and sort of revel in what you already know is going to happen. Well, when you've got a good outcome, like you know your team's won, like I can definitely see, like okay, that's good. I'm going to watch it, and I'm just going to bask in Coach K and and all the Dukies just you know running all over UNC. But when when you find out the loss, like I, that's to me, that would be the toughest thing to do is like go in there knowing that we're going to lose this game and then suffer through it. Like it, it, as high as the highs are and, and as emotional pulls that you get on the uh, not knowing or, or knowing when you win, like the dregs of feeling like, oh, we just got our asses handed to us. Or we, even we lost in like a buzzer beater. Like, I don't know if I would want to watch that game. I probably would just like cruise the box score and like look at the highlights and be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to save myself from this agony. I definitely wouldn't. There, there was a time in my life where I probably would because I'm just a sick person. But when you have when you have children, your time becomes so precious that uh, one of the advantages of, of not really watching anything live is, like you said, you can just check the score and find out is it worth my time. And, right. Uh, yeah. If they lost, you know, yeah, I don't really bother with it anymore. I'm just like, okay, well, maybe next time. So, how, yeah. how old are your kids for the for the audience out there? <laughs> four, uh, four, two and a half, and five months. Oh, dude, you and I are. Well, we need to fucking hang out, bro. I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a six-year-old, a three and a half, and a one-year-old. It is yeah. chaos, bro. It is yeah. chaos. Yeah, you're in there. You know all about it. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 extre- exceedingly rare that I watch any kind of sporting event live. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So is there like a little thing where even with having kids those age and all assets to both of you guys before we get into the MAMA parity tip and we get into Mount Rushmore, like is there is it even allowed if you're just like I gotta watch this game I gotta set everything aside like I'm watching 6 p.m. I'm watching this game or you just is that one thing you just kind of let go? Um, I kind of let it go because to be honest with you, as bad as this might sound, um. You know, when when the clock hits six or seven or whatever, you know, that time is that signifies the end of the day. 
you become so laser focused on just getting everybody to bed. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, a, du- a, du- a, du- a Duke wind is a far second place to get the kids down. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, that and that 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 really kind of took me by surprise when I became a parent. But um, no, I, I yeah, I would I would much rather get everybody to bed and uh, just kind of close close the book on this day in terms of kids, and then and then come back and, and see how the game's going. So yeah. It's, you know, that's so, yeah. that's so funny. Sorry, that's so funny. Is because like you literally, like w- when you come home between then and I don't know which time your kids' bedtime is. Mine usually is between like my son goes to bed at eight and then the girls go to bed between like eight thirty and nine. It is literally like a countdown clock. Like just like I I hit the start on it. And it's like all right, fifty nine minutes until we get there. It's like forty six and a half minutes till bedtime. Like we are keep this train rolling. No tantrums. Let's get teeth brushed. That's why our that's why our pod time record time is at the the time that it is because that's yeah. when I know definitively everyone will be in bed. There's no <laughs> worry that someone's going to come walking down in the, into the studio here and uh, need to you know they're afraid of the dark or anything like that. <laughs> that's right. And once you have that routine down, there there's nothing nothing you'll mm-hmm. sacrifice it for. We were talking a little bit when I was in town, I think a couple weeks ago, about the Mount Rushmore of college coaches that inspired us to kind of think about our top four. And I know you have some ideas that are going to kick off that. But right now, top four, most awesome. What do you have Mount Rushmore of college coaches? Um, so I, I kind of battled back on this one, back and forth on this one. So I'm going to start with probably my, my most controversial, and that's John Wooden. And I know everyone's going to go, why John Wooden? He's won 10 national championships, 12 final fours. But he's kind of got the shroud of, um, you know, Sam Gilbert's and all of those uh, recruiting alleged violations that Sam Gilbert had. But still, he was a hell of a coach and uh, put modern-day college basketball kind of on the map as we know it. So I'll put him as my, my first spot. Um, then I'll go with Coach K. Uh, obviously, you're a Duke fan. You can't, you can't knock five, uh, five titles and 12 Final Fours and the most winningest coach of all time in college basketball. Uh, I'm going to go with Bob Knight. It was another controversial one. Mm-hmm. Kind of a douche on the on the court, an <laughs> asshole uh, of the highest order, but got it done. Had the perfect season in 1976, uh, almost 900 wins, uh, five Final Fours, like a 70% winning percentage. And I, I and I don't think any recruiting violations or, I mean, I know he has a personal conflict. There's some violations read. for sure. There's a violation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah I don't sure. think recruiting. But none recruiting, none recruiting. Care <laughs> about. Yeah. And then finally, in my last spot, uh, I don't think many people will give him the due uh, and the credit. I'm going to go Jim Calhoun. I think he's like sixth all-time in wins, 70% winning percentage, four Final Fours, three titles, 99 with Rip Hamilton, 04 with Ben Gordon, and then 2011, that miraculous run with Kemba Walker where he basically played like a seven-overtime game in, in uh, the Big East championship mm-hmm. round. So I'm going to go with that uh, as my four. Right, there's four on Mount Rushmore, for. right? Yeah, there's four. <laughs> there is still okay. four. Uh, I'm going to take the reins off you, Drew. I need to be waiting for this. I, I think I, if I remember correctly what you told me, that's, that's three or four lining up with you. What do you got? Uh, yeah. No, no, that's uh, actually, uh, yeah, my personal one, three or four. Yeah, that's that's uh, just about just about right. Um, mine, I don't think mine's very controversial. I, I, I definitely think that John Wooden has to be number one. And, you know, people will say, well, that was a long time ago. Things were different then. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you win 10 titles 
in 12 yeah. Final Fours. I mean, nobody else did it back then, so obviously it must have been difficult to achieve. So the time frame doesn't really matter to me. I think, I mean, Wooden has to be number one. I would definitely go with Coach K next. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Um, my third would also be Bob Knight. Um, yeah, last guy yeah. to have a perfect season. Obviously, yep. three titles, five Final Fours. It's a pretty good cliff. Um, he he did have a lot of issues. Uh, as we know, he he was probably not the best uh, role model in a lot of ways, but um, still absolutely got it done. And, and not only that, mentored the guy who's number two on my list, which I think is worth a little something. Um, yep. at Army, yeah, at Army. Yeah, yeah, Coach Mike Krzyzewski. So to me, that's worth a little bit, a little bit. Um, my fourth one is probably the controversial one, and, and I live uh, I live in North Carolina, ACC country, Tobacco Road, and, um, you know, around here, you know, Dean Smith is, is a deity. I mean, there's no questioning him whatsoever. And, and Dick Vitale, for the record, um, has Dean Smith on his Mount Rushmore, which what got me thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um he has Dean Smith and Roy Williams, as a matter of fact, on his Mount Rushmore of college basketball, which is really what got my wheels spinning. And I felt like because John Wooden was not on Dick Vitale, that he had to replace one of those two guys. And in my opinion, I think it, I think he has to replace Dean Smith, and I would put Roy Williams number four. Um, huh. And again, where I, you guys are, you guys are Kansas guys. You know about Roy. Where I'm from, what I'm telling you is 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 ridiculous to most people, just preposterous um, among Carolina fans. That is, I mean, they right. all love and they, they love and appreciate Roy, but I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's put on the same pedestal that Dean is. Um, in spite of a lot of really objective reasons that maybe he should be. I mean, if you take uh, if you take a, a top four, and this was Vital's top four: uh, Coach K, Bob Knight, Roy Williams, Dean Smith. Well, Dean Smith has the fewest wins of any of those guys. Right. Um, he has by far, by far on that list, the worst uh, titles to Final Four percentage. He went to 11 Final Fours, won two titles. Um, not, not a very good clip. Uh, only, only two guys, only two guys who have been to at least five Final Fours in their career have a worse percentage than that. Um, and there's uh, 12, by the way, coaches who have done that. So he's number 10 on that list. Um, you know, I would say that. Uh, of those two titles, by the way, it doesn't take away from the fact that he won them. Don't get me wrong. They won fair and square. But, you know, I can't help but point out that both of the titles Dean won were somewhat the beneficiary of probably the two most iconic boneheaded plays. Don't do it, dude. In the, Don't do it. I'm a Michigan fan. In the <laughs> history of the now. NCAA tournament. So, I mean, hey, we can't hey, <laughs> You can't you can't deny that they won fair and square, but you also can't deny that man they got some some really you know uncommon help from from some some wacky plays. You know you know in Georgetown the guy throws the ball to James Worthy just inexplicably. Right. That was a one possession game. Yeah. The clock winding down. Who knows what would have happened? I mean you know and you can say well who knows what would happen if a million other things had transpired during the game. But in that moment you know that kind of thing just doesn't really happen. That's why it's so iconic. So. I'm not saying that you should judge a title based on the quality of how it was won in one individual game, but I can't help but point that out. I mean, you know, it's not like he went in and just blew the doors off people when he did win, like Roy Williams has done, by the way. Um, you know, really, to me, it's a debate between those two guys. I mean, Roy has won more games. He's won more titles. Um, just in his time at Carolina, he's been to five Final Fours, 
and won three titles. And really, if not for one shot by Chris Jenkins in 2016, he'd have four, including two <laughs> back-to-back. So to me, I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people in my part of the woods look at Roy as just some, like, kind of huckleberry. You know, he gets the job done, great coach, but just not Dean Smith. Well, I mean, to me, I think if you're looking at the resume, objectively speaking, I think he ranks a little bit higher. You know, right, you like that. Awesome. Like Dean Smith overrated? Is this facts? You know, Drew makes a very compelling case, and I did I did get to spend a, a scant hot minute in the research triangle for about a year and a half. So I got to hear all, Drew, about the deity that is uh, that is Dean Smith. And uh, Dr. and Mrs. The Kamish, that's my wife, her sister-in-law, Dr. Sister-in-law, uh, she is a UNC grad medical school there and uh, loves UNC basketball and, and kind of, uh, yeah, puts Dean Smith in that, that heyday, that Jordan era, the 80s. UNC basketball on, on a pedestal, but the, the the you know the falling short in the final fours and just not getting it done is the the glaring weakness of Dean Smith's resume. Because all by and large, I mean he was a beloved coach, great guy, great ambassador for college basketball. But you know if we if we kill players for not having a killer instinct or that you know the the Mamba mentality, if you speak if you, if you say if you say, but. Uh, you know, he didn't have it. He was just a nice guy, a great mentor, a great leader and educator for basketball, but couldn't get it done. So I, I, I think it's interesting. I don't know if I would put um, Roy Williams on there, who up until his run at UNC, that was his M.O. at Kansas, right? And Grant Danny, yeah. talked to that a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit of the uh, so uh, most awesome you know, Michigan territory kind of in that realm. I watched, grew up yeah. watching a lot of college basketball and it was like uh, there was a big thing about Roy Williams not being able to get it done, and it's it's sad. I mean, we got like played Maryland like in 2001 or thing, like got super close, but he couldn't pull that trigger. I guess I would give it to you, Drew. Like, are you fairly judging like the weight on being able to pull it off or getting there consistently enough in your eyes to be a good coach? Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You know, the knock, <laughs> I think the knock on Roy to his whole time at Kansas was that he couldn't bring home the big one. But you know, that notwithstanding, he still He's still going to end up, you know, in the top five of, you know, national championships ever won. He's won, you know, uh, let me see. He's won like 18 conference championships and two different, excuse me, three different conferences if you count the big eight going all the way back to then. So, I mean, the consistency he's had is just so good. Yeah. And obviously you can make the same argument for Dean, but there came a time in Roy's career where he just really started clicking and had some awesome teams. And mind you, I'm a Duke fan, but I'm telling you objectively, I just think that he – he found that sweet spot and really got it done. And he may not be finished. I mean, he uh, he may have another title left in him somewhere. Um, you know, he's he's yeah. We're still stuck on you guys. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought you might I thought you might ask, and I, I thought about that a little bit. <laughs> Good instinct. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if I could put a if I could put a number on it. He's 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 probably top ten. And I think Bill Self's got a lot of career left too. I think it's pro- I think it's hard to judge him against the guys we've talked about so far. Um, yeah, I think, just, just, I think I think not having multiple titles, you know, if he gets another one this year, I think it puts him, it leaps him into the, the upper echelon. But every one of those guys, you know, has, you know, on our two list has at least three plus titles on the resume. You know, Bill's up only has one. He's kind of in that, you know, if his career kind of, if he doesn't get another chip, it's almost like it's Tom Izzo-esque, right? Like, yeah. Young, 
you know, gets the Final Fours, gets close, but doesn't get it done. But, you know, he had the one Hall of Fame resume, but it's like, do you put, put, put him as, like, the the ultimate, the the upper one percenters of college coaches? I don't know if you could do that. I mean, the, the 15 out of 16 Big 12 titles is impressive, but I, that that over time will get picked apart if he doesn't win uh, another chip. I'm going to avoid this now. Like, what, what's your guys' this vision on the college basketball landscape? And I know most awesome, you know, get into this on, like, the Ripped or we did in the past when how we end this podcast. Yeah. Together. <laughs> but it's like where – it's a different game now, right? Especially with uh, the college kids. Like, we don't jump to the NBA. Like, it's just – it's not – it doesn't get me as sexy to watch. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think this year in particular, we're, we're – it's an it's a up and down. I mean, as we're, as we're talking about it tonight, I think one, two, three, four, five of the top 20 teams lost. A couple of them were the other top 20 teams, but we've had a lot of up and down. There's not been, you know, even Drew's Duke team, uh, you know, hasn't had the star power uh, of, of previous teams before, right? I mean, uh, yeah, there's, no one's talking about Vernon Carey as like a household name the way they were, you know, Zion Williams a couple of years ago. Um, so we don't have a lot of the star power this year, and it could just be because – a confluence events. It's all like you know. Uh, it's not as of a deep talented pool for the incoming freshman class too. That kind of hurts college basketball Drew, as well. Drew, is the product still the same to you? Do you just you watch college basketball regardless? I, I do, but I, I do think the product is worse. Um, I you know I, again as somebody who grew up in North Carolina, college basketball is just it's my thing. It'll never not be something I I love. Um, but, you know, I can think back to as a kid, you know, watching Duke teams with guys like Christian Leitner, senior Christian Leitner, senior Bobby yeah. Hurley, Grant, you know, Grant Williams, Steve Wojciechowski, all these guys who were, you know, were iconic players who stuck around forever. And, you know, it's it's different now for sure. Um, you know, I, I, in my opinion, probably probably a little worse. Probably It's probably bad for the game uh, from a from – a, you know, from from really every standpoint, but I'm still going to watch. Um, you know, Zion's team uh, last year, Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. I was I was so bought into that team and had so much fun watching that team. Um, that's the most fun I've had watching Duke in in a while. So every now and then you'll you'll get classes like that, but then you know you're going to have years like this where yeah they're still good and I'm going to watch every game, but is it is entertaining? Am I am I really that bought into it or that interested? Not not like I was last year, no. Um, you know, Coach K among among a lot of other high profile coaches has been pretty adamant about you know not liking the one and done thing. They wish it would go away. They wish guys could go straight to the NBA, which I think anybody you know who, who I, really hey, follows. Do you really do you really believe that though? I mean, yeah, I, I do because I, I think it's a good quote on paper. I, I believe it in the for the sanctity of the game, but I think it's something nice for him to say on paper. That's just like he he wants the one and done guys. Like he he's like I'm not a Calipari, but he kind of is. Um, yeah, but by the same token, you know, what's he supposed to do? Not recruit exactly. the best players you know, in agreed, the country? Agreed, hundred percent agreed, hundred percent agreed. Yeah, he's he's definitely has to keep up with that, especially just in this day and age and. It's interesting to see him because, like, Drew, as you talked about, like, the 91, 92 teams of Duke back in the – that's what I think ideally what Coach K wants is he wants to bring a core group of guys and bring them through the ranks, even in, like, you know, a 99 team with, like, uh, you know, Battier and, you know, those guys. He wants to bring a core group together and have senior leadership. And I think ideally that's when we look back and we think about our best, most fondest basketball memories 
it's that, right? So if you, oh, yeah. if you, if you just remove the, the question mark, and even today, like John Carroll Calipari, uh, Hagen, the, the guard from uh, Kentucky, is going to just take time off for because he, I, I, they're being vague about the reason why, but I think it's a lot of the external pressures. And I think what he, Calipari, was alluding to was like, it's the social media of like fans getting all over these one and done players. It's people always looking like what's ahead for next year. And I think if you kind of remove some of that one of done thing, it's like the pressure of like, if I don't, if I have a bad couple of games, I'm killing my stock and I'm not going to be able to go to the NBA. I think all that kind of internal pressure gets released because those guys will just go to the NBA or they'll stick around and realize, well, I can go here and play for two to three years and not worry about my stock every game if I have a bad game. Exactly. And, and it, things, things will level itself out because, you know, guys will realize, you know, if, if they change the rule tomorrow and, and you could go straight to the NBA from high school, of course, everybody's going to do it. Everybody right. who even has a, a whisper of a chance is going to do it. But over time, it'll even out because those guys on the fringes are going to realize it probably makes more sense for me just to go to college. Right. Um, you know, better, you know, more more practice, time to get better, better exposure. Uh, arguably, you know, people get to see your game more. So I think it would all even out. It wouldn't It wouldn't be like, you know, watching high school basketball all of a sudden because there's no one who's any good. Um, it would just be one of those things where over time it would have to find sort of, you know, water would find its level and the guys who should go should go and the guys who should who should go to college go to college. And I, to me it will always be great. I'll never not watch. But I do, I do think that guys like Zion Williamson don't belong in college. He, I mean, he should have been in the NBA last year, no doubt about it. But I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful I got to watch him, particularly on, a, on my team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, think it, I think it's time to let these guys go when they're ready. 100%. Uh, what do you have to do finished in this year? Are you get in the Final Four? I don't know. I really don't know. You know, I – Last year's team, I loved. I really loved so much. But I also, throughout the year watching them, I, you know, I just felt like they were just missing one piece. Um, you know, the 2015 team, which won the national title, I go back to them. They were they were kind of Coach K's first kind of super one-and-done team. Um, but the one thing they had on that team that really was the difference was a senior point guard, Quinn Cook. And um, the team last year just didn't really have that. So as good as they were, I felt like they were just missing something. And I hate to say it, they kind of went about as far as I thought they would. I thought they might make it to the Final Four, tough loss against Michigan State, mm-hmm. what have you. This year's team, to me, is a lot harder to put my finger on because they're a little more traditional. They're probably a little more what Kay wants, um, more veterans, more role players, like a bunch of glue guys. There's not really any stars. I mean, Vernon Carey's potential player of the year, but he's done it about as quietly as you possibly can. So. I think it really depends. It depends on so much. It depends on which Duke team shows up. I mean, they have just they've gotten the the doors blown off them a couple of times by terrible teams. Uh, but they also have. I think they set a school record for twenty point wins in the ACC this year. Now it's not saying much this year, but it just depends on who's going to show up. I, I think this team has the ability, the ability to win it to win it all. Um, in this in this particular season, given the the general down year in college basketball, I think this team can win it all. I don't know if I would pick them to. If I had to, I would probably. I hate I hate to say this. I'd probably pick them into the Elite Eight and probably get upset somewhere around there. Maybe Final Four. <laughs> sad, sadly, yeah. watching a recording. I get it. 
So we'll get you back on the podcast before the Sweet 16 weekend, just to make sure we catch you on the upswing of the excitement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we'll do in, um, we got Drew Jordan on the podcast. We're going to jump into MAMA pairing tips. Bring us to the jam. <laughs> Tips, uh, daddy, daughter, dancers. I want to bring this up because it's like I'm so on the fringes of this. I have friends that are doing it. I don't know what it is. Friends, like, I have friends that are doing it. Like, I hope they have daughters. <laughs> so, like, anyway, they made it sound. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it's like, I, I just want to what is it? <laughs> so, as we, as, as, we were, as we were talking about earlier off pod, it's, uh, it's, it's literally that. It's, it's a dance more dads and their daughters you go to um and and, uh-huh. and drew correct uh-huh. me it's usually at their school like it was at okay. it was at our girls school right so they go there the the school faculty uh probably like some moms of other parents like put it all together and there's there is like uh pink lemonade and cookies and a dj's and dancing uh we had a couple door prizes which i'm proud to say Kamish at won the door prize, so it was a Lego set, a Frozen oh, Lego wow. set, and uh, I know a highfalutin. And uh, yeah, you go there for like I don't know, I think it was like ninety minutes, maybe an hour. I could be, it might have, it felt like two, but um, but we were there, we were there for a long time, and you know it's great, it's just it's fun. They get all dressed up, you get all dressed up, and uh, you know have a good old time. So Drew, I looked, uh, I think you put some pictures uh, two weeks ago. Was it your first uh, daddy daughter dance? It was it was mine and my daughter's first, um, <clears throat> and my daughter's only four years old. So we had some some trepidation about whether we should really take her. If you know if she's old enough, would she really get it or have a good time? But uh, we showed up, and um, you know we walk in and kind of get settled. And she notices the dance floor out there. It's kind of one of these makeshift you know fold away wooden floors they put out like at a wedding or something. And she sees this dance floor and she hears, you know, the DJ warming up and this music playing and she just kind of says to me, I'm going to, I'm going to go dance. And I said, okay. Um, and she, she just kind of took off and for the next two hours just kind of ran and jumped all over the dance floor and tried to do a couple of somersaults, took her shoes off. Um, there you go. Occasionally came back to the table to, to swig some lemonade or, you know, grab a cookie or something. But yeah, she really impressed me in a way. And I thought, hey, if this is how all these are going to go, we can do them all the time. You know, I can just sit here and take pictures, and you can have the time of your life. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes, I guess. Yeah, you, you're right. So I live in Indiana now. It's pretty much the same. You know, we get uh, – they usually do some – they usually try and get the dads involved. I don't know if this, if you felt this experience. Like, they try to get the dads involved or dancing. Like, did you, did you know what to do? Like, when they started to play a slow song, you're like, oh, do I, actually go, do I get to go out there now? Do I have to go and do this? And, and yeah, and like all the, all the other dancing to go out there and to like slow dancing. And, and it's, I have two daughters now. And so it's like, it's even worse trying to like pick up two kids. I'm like carrying like 80 pounds of kid trying to slow dance. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, to, again, much to my surprise, because we're totally new to this. Um, the, the, the one or two slow songs that actually played, my daughter actually came over to me and said, Will you come dance with me? And I oh, said, that's I said, oh, wow. of course. I said, absolutely. But how do you how do you know to ask me that? 
Um, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but uh, yeah, I, the 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 one I went to, they they didn't really, uh, they didn't kind of force the dads to get involved, um, which was nice, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, when when you're when you're four year old, or I guess doesn't matter how old they are, when your daughter comes up to you and says, "Will you come dance with me?" I mean, yeah, you're you're halfway right. there before she's done asking. So yeah. Do you, do you remember what any of the songs were? Do you remember what it, like any of the slow songs that they try to get going? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, they it was mostly you know today's top hits. Uh, yeah, okay. There weren't many there weren't many slow songs. I don't even remember which the which one we danced to was, but I remember distinctly they played you know the song from Frozen, which my daughter can sing front and back, and she sure, you know, mine too, yeah. just acted like she was on an audition for the movie <laughs> and uh, had a great time, but. No, I don't remember. I don't remember specifically okay. the slow songs, but it was it was. I mean, every song that came on, I was familiar with at least. So. Okay, yeah, because they played this one. They play it every time we we go to. It's called Butterfly Kisses, and it's to me it's the most awkward song there is because it's about a guy who's like sad about his daughter. It's definitely like trying to get trying to get a dusty out on the dance floor, and dads get a little tears in their eyes because basically <laughs> it's about like their once little girl has grown up. And now that she's a woman, it's, it's, there's a little it's a little weird on the on the overtones too. It's like I'm not really sure what's going on in this song, thing. And uh, and I was singing it to Brandon earlier, so you know he got a taste <laughs> yeah. of, of, of butterfly kisses. You know it's it's uh it's an interesting song. So I'm always curious to find out if they play that one because it, it's like one of those things. It's like I really feel like it should be dancing, but this song is bizarre and I do not like it. Yeah, didn't have that experience luckily. Good man, good. You're lucky. Yeah. Here's the pivot I'm going to take right now. Uh, as we close this segment out, like, what is your guys' reaction going to be to, like, prom? I know that's 10 years down the road, but we're kind of talking about, is it, like, are you going to do the, like, intimidation father thing? Are you going to do, like, I'm the cool dad? Like, what's the angle? Ooh. I, 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 I thought a lot about it. I definitely <laughs> sure think I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Since, since the moment Commissette was born... Uh, six years ago, and then followed up by 2.0. Uh, I have thought about it at, at length. I think I want to tread the line of, like, cool, but also a little scary. Like, I want to have I, I think, like, my, my guess would be if I put money on something and I like to gamble on things, I put yeah. money on you being scary, Dad. I mean, like, I'm, I I need to talk to you, and you walk them, like, into the garage. And it's just yeah. like, hey, like, <laughs> no drinking. <laughs> like, that, that would be my guess. Right, I'll I'll make a joke, but a, kind of teasing the, the kid, and then just stare at him for like a good eight seconds, not saying anything yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, it's yeah. gonna be a weird joke for like a sixteen-year-old. You're gonna be like, hey, like I've broken four men's arms, and they're gonna be like, am I, <laughs> am I supposed to laugh? I'm not supposed to laugh. Is he threatening to break my arm? Drew, where are you at on this? Um, I, man, that's tough. I, I I really haven't given a lot of thought to it. Surprisingly, it's, I I don't know. It's uh. I think I think you uh, like all things with kids, especially. It's probably good to be balanced somewhat, but uh, I don't know. I think I think knowing me, I'd probably be more along the lines of not not fear, but you know that classic. I'm I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Kind of there parent take. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably one of those guys, and I'm just going to hope my daughter is one of those kids. Dude, that's that's even more gutting for her than me being mad. Drew, um, Drew's really painting me in that that psychopath corner. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've never thought about it. I've thought about it my entire life. Entire <laughs> life. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of crazy because 
because you guys both have you both have sons and daughters. So is like the cliche yeah. true? Like is it easier to raise a son? Like you just put him on the ground and roly poly and you figured all that out. But like the others are more like just more instinctual, or is it just like it's it's one of the same? Like we're just raising different humans. I'm not sure I've made it far enough in yet to know for sure. Um, yeah, I would say they're they're different. There's definitely like distinct differences. They're they're neither are easy or or you know like you know i it's not easier raising my son than it is my daughters they're 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 definitely nuanced and even like having two daughters you know it's like you can't even employ the same tactics and you've seen it in in our house brandana it's like you can't even employ the same tactics so it is um it definitely is one of well, the you're saying the same tactics between like between the two girls right like yeah, they, right, yeah, those well, don't yeah it's not it's not like a math or just washing yeah yeah, exactly. So it's not even like girl to girl is is even a, is different. You know what I mean? I think there's we're seeing some just like you know fundamental differences in like you know our you know Kamish uh, Junior, my son is you know he is uh, he's definitely like more rough and tumble, but I think it's just because he's the third. But the other two are super rough and tumble. So it's like there's not even like that like common misconception or I don't want to say misconception, but the common idea that like, you know, boys are just kind of rough and tumble. It's like they're all that way. But he definitely the one thing he glams onto is like the basketball. And I bought Kamishat a, a hoop and a basketball from, from on her first birthday to play with her. She had zero interest with it. Kamish Junior, like all his favorite thing and he just loves to say is ball. Like he's like, Ball, ball, give me the ball. He just like runs around with the ball all day. Those are the basic differences, but I've pushed it on. Trust me, I pushed sports on all of my kids from the second they <laughs> yeah. could, and Kimmy Jr. has taken to it like a fish to water. Okay, so we're going down a deep rabbit hole, but I want to jump into it. Uh, Drew, do you see any like different just sexes with kids wise? And I know like your son is uh, your second son's super young, and your you know your first son's just kind of growing up. Is there just like is there like a natural draw to like quote unquote sports, or do you not see that? Um, I, I'm starting, I'm starting to think that maybe there is, um, my, my two and a half year old, um, you know, all of a sudden really loves basketball. We have, you know, uh, one of those little tyke hoops with the, with the ball yep. and everything. And he'll sit there and, 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 and shoot all day, or he'll sit there and if you'll, if you'll sit down with him, he'll throw the ball back and forth with you all day. Yep. Um, he has asked me, um, and we live in a college town. Um, he has asked me to take him to a football game, um, which is really confusing because I don't know that we've really talked much about going to a football game ever, but <laughs> he's asked me on multiple occasions to take him to a football game. So I don't know. Maybe there is something uh, instinctual or innate there, or maybe they somehow imprint on something I actually have said that I didn't realize they were imprinting on, but he seems to uh, he seems to be trending in that direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, both my girls – they love sports, or I watch sports all the time. They have immediately said that they want to do cheerleading camp, and it's not. And I try to get them to play sports. I was the soccer coach for them, but cheerleading is where it is at for them. And it's, it's you know, they love cheerleading. They watch cheerleading shows on Netflix. They absolutely love it. So I definitely think, like you know, they the, there is like a difference of you know just that innately. Like they they like the idea of sports and competition, but they want the dance and the showmanship of it a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And my, my daughter, who is reasonably interested in, in sports and competition, she still will kind of glance 
at a football game or a basketball game on TV and say, oh, I love baseball, you know. So right. <laughs> there's there's still that kind of uh, separation there. She hasn't quite crossed yet. But apparently she's really into baseball, so maybe we need to pursue that. I don't know. There you go. There you go. I love it. Looking forward to these emails we're getting. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you got this email <laughs> you want to talk about? Send us it may be sportspodcast at uh, gmail.com. Let's get into the – if you can stick around, Drew, with us for 10 more minutes. I'd love you to do yeah. this in the Apollo Showdown. So let's leave it alone Because we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me and we just disagree Most immature things about ourselves. This, and Drew, you can chime in if you have some. This was a rough one. So usually we do Neapolitan Showdown. It's just uh, like three things that we debate. I don't know if it got ever this. I don't know who actually wins. So, Drew, you're going to do the scoring. You're going to give a thumbs up, thumbs down to whoever gets one that you think on paper. I think I want to kind of lose this one. This isn't one. I hope you do. I hope you do. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm looking to lose this. Right. Oh, wait. No, I want to lose it, right? I want you to win by having the most mature. Damn it. Exactly. I want you, exactly, to, exactly. I want you yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, really I, thought you, I thought you said you were okay, Spider. I thought you I said, thought you you said okay, you Spider. Okay, you're okay, Spider. You're Spider. I really am bearing my soul in front of Drew, a gentleman who I've just met today. I so know. I, really, you know what? I, really I, I forgot Drew was going to be on podcast this week, and the time was great, and I was just like, shit, do we do it this week? I think it's going to be the first week, like, my girlfriend listens. Like, this is this is a terrible time to do this. Ooh, this is tough. You know what's really funny is, is I always, like, so when you talk to somebody, but you only hear their voice, like, I can only imagine what Drew's imagining at me <laughs> on the other end of this. Yeah, I know, I know. What kind of monster. He's like, you could take him. <laughs> yeah. Who's right, this okay. monster? All right, I'll come. So, I'll come out of out of the gate. So we always go uh, three to one. So the third being like the, the least uh, immature thing about us, and then the number one would be the most immature thing about us. Oh God, this list. Oh man, it took okay. me. This is the longest list it took me to build. Not because I had to like whittle things off, but it's more just exposure. It's just like, what do I want to tell human beings? Right. <laughs> we're, right. we're telling the audience. Um, all right, I still eat ramen noodles. That's my number three. Oh, oh, we're going that route? Okay, all right. No, I know. It's, it's going to dance around. It's going to dance around. It's going to stay consistent like that. But it's like, it is, I'm too old to eat ramen. I'm 37 years old. I don't need to be sure. eating ramen noodles. Sure. You can eat ramen noodles. First off, now ramen is making a big push in, like, you know, like high health, like they're healthy. food. Yeah. <laughs> healthy food and, like, you know, like highfalutin restaurants are now, like, putting these, like, elaborate ramen dishes. Not even like I. I think this is you, just like oh, I'm Brandana. Look at that. <laughs> no, so no, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you one that you're gonna be like, all right, he did bring the heat. But okay. I'm just saying, like, okay. I right. eat wrong. And it's more of like, okay, so let let's define it. Let's let's uh, just let's micro a little bit. Uh, I eat ramen noodles at like three thirty in the morning. That's what. Go. That's what we need. That's what we need. We, okay. <laughs> we just need like I still stop at a convenience store, buy ramen noodles, and pour hot water on them, and then eat them like out of the actual cup. Right. If you had said that a lot of the juice is running off your chin and into your beard <laughs> while you're eating it, then I'd really, I'd really rack it up the image. Let's not eliminate okay. that. Let's not take that off the table. But sure. Okay. All right. Okay. So my number three. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna say it. Poop 
and farts and all of the scatological things that make me laugh hysterically. I don't know what yeah. it is. I knew, I I knew you were going to go here. I knew you were going to go you know, here. That's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah, bums, disgusting. this bums Brandana out. He does not like our pod <laughs> to get this <laughs> dark. But I, and, I, and I have no qualms cutting wind it out and embarrassing my wife. I love it. It's hilarious to me. Well, do you it's think so it's funny? funny? Like when you I fart out, you think it's funny? Hilarious. Well, yes, yes. In the right, in the right place fart in the right company of people. Probably not Drew if I ever see him. Definitely not. I don't know. I won't he's already has, he, has, he has his opinion, sir. He's his right. opinion, exactly. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, hey, it's, it's, it makes me laugh. I giggle. <laughs> I can't help it. How do you judge it, sir? What do you got, Drew? Well, in in terms of um, you know, if if my task is to identify who who is who is more accurately accurately identified an immature thing about themselves, yes, um, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to give the tick to Brandana on this one. Oh, um, because because as you said yourself, you you, you you're are a, you're you, a fan of parts. I like it. Okay, you're 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 a grown man. You have a bank account. You don't need to email me. Like, okay, you don't. Um, it's it's fine. That, yeah. Look, look, between friends, it's fine if you do. I don't judge you for it. But to to a to a, a captive audience out there, you should probably be a little a little embarrassed. I'll be honest. You, sh- you don't need to eat ramen anymore. Oh, that's fair. And you're throwing coal on the fire. You're calling it like you see it, which makes it's oh, funny. Wow. It's actually it's actually funny you say that, Brandon, because I learned not too long ago um, that my wife loves ramen noodles. And yeah, my wife is not the kind of person that you would suspect would like ramen noodles. That's right. Um, That's right. And I'm still I'm still aghast somewhat to trying to trying to really unravel all this. But uh, apparently it's just as simple as that. She's like, yeah, of course, I love ramen noodles. What's wrong with you? So maybe yeah. it's me. I don't know. But uh, due to a strong personal aversion to ramen noodles, I'm gonna have to give you the, the check mark on this. Ooh, one. ooh, and I'm aghast after eating ramen noodles. Hey-oh, there we go. Hey-oh. Hey okay, God, right, you were holding right, that for okay. so long. So long. I can see it in my face. All right, my number two. Um, so this is going to get personal on this one. So if I'm in a argument or a fight and someone's really yelling at me, uh, I have a tendency not to – or I have a tendency to smirk or start to laugh sometimes when I get really uncomfortable in a situation and uh, – it never, obviously, it never helps in the argument, especially, it, I always seem to do, I think if I've made a mistake or I've done something wrong, like, I will definitely start to laugh or smirk in that moment. Oh, my God, that's, that's my number two. My number two is the exact same thing. Like, I get, when I know I'm defeated or I fucked up, and maybe it's like I'm taking it further than you did, yeah. when I know I fucked up, like, I just get super defensive. And I, it's like, it's so immature, like, I just get, like, uh, like, eh, it's the easiest tell that I have, besides I get a lazy eye when I'm drunk. The easiest tell, <laughs> like, if, I, if I'm intimidated by something or I think I did something wrong, like, I will just get, like, aggroed. Well, but I'm not saying I'm saying I will laugh. I will start to okay, smirk well, yeah. and well, laugh. This, and, like, this is going to be easy for judge. Yeah, I go the, yeah, I go the opposite way. yelling at me, I'll start to, like, giggle and try, you know when you're, like, trying to hold in a laugh and not laugh. Yeah. That's what I, that's the mode that goes over me. And then I'm like shivering because I'm like, God damn it. Don't laugh right now. This is not funny. I know we're having an argument. It's only going to make it worse, but I can't control myself. Well, is, is it when you have the argument, when you have the argument one or when you feel like, buried, Oh, it's, it's, like it's usually up. when I, it's usually when I'm cornered. It's usually when I'm like, yeah, Oh, yeah. this exactly. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been, I've already been unreasonable 
and now I'm throwing gas on the fire. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Drew, how do you score? So, we have kind of the same thing. It's just like one reacts by laughing, the other reacts by being an asshole, which you call. <laughs> well, I, I think I think most often takes this one, uh, honestly, because, you know, it's – it's 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 uh, if if uh, if not immature, it's at least maybe a little understandable to be defensive about yourself or your actions, yeah. but to just to just flatly you know kind of <laughs> laugh at somebody's face. anger. I mean yeah. that that probably that probably that probably takes the cake here. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Just do you, you want to try and guess? Do you want to try and guess my number one? Ooh, oh God. You know, you saying that makes me think I could hit it if I wanted. I think you could. Yeah, I think you could. Mm, I don't. I, I'm not gonna take a stab. Uh, you know what? Uh, so, uh, Drew, we do a thing where, like, the Apollo Showdown, if someone takes a stab, it's minus 100 points. Obviously, it's <laughs> <that's> fake. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I guess so, I'm so, sure. I, 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 I'll guess like I don't passing out with food in your mouth. I'll take a stab. I'll go there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. No, it's not that one. No. Nor is it uh, having inappropriate uh, bowel movements or anything like that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, no, my number one, I would say probably the most immature. I'm I'm 40 years old. I'll be 41 in May, Drew, just to give you a little context on this. But I still play video games. I'm sorry. Oh, I have a PlayStation 4. I play Madden. I have NBA 2K. And you know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm ashamed, actually, to say not a I we had were you did you have the Clash of Clans app? Were you on our Clash of Clans thing with a bunch no. of us from the group? Yeah, no, I'm, oh, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a grown man. Yeah, I was. Yeah, no, exactly. This is this is this is the Clash of Clans is like the ramen of apps, right? So this is what this was, and it's it it's embarrassing. Uh, it's a waste of time, and I have a bank <laughs> account, and I'm 40, and I play fucking <laughs> video games. Okay, enough. Uh, I'm thinking number one. Uh, I'll talk number one, Drew. Is there anything you want to just, you know, to uh, one stranger and me, how immature you are? You want to drop something before we get, yeah, before we get on? Yeah, very cool. <laughs> but don't worry. Only it's 400 listeners. You're fine. Like those 400 people yeah, you've right. never met, they're going to listen. You'll be okay. And, and a yeah. lot of people that you have, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting number one because um, – you know, I occasionally play video games. Now, in full in full disclosure, I have a PlayStation 2, um, which is probably like five generations old by now. Still love it. Um, and and like most often, I feel ashamed of it, but I still like it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So it's what, really it's what's hard. Your game? It's, what's your game, Drew? What do you, you oh, play? Oh, FIFA all day. Yeah. Oh, you're FIFA guy. Okay. Oh yeah. So I, okay. I, I have. I do like the old NCAA football, the college football games. Now those are great those too. Are not, those, those are great. Are not, if I had a number yeah. two, that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. It's I also I'll, I'll add in. Oh, I'll yeah. also I'll also add that it's really tough to beat. And, and here we go. We're just you know being more ashamed of oneself. <laughs> um, it's tough to beat the mid two thousands Tiger Woods series. For PlayStation Two, oh, also great, yeah. great, great that's series. That's great because that's the one that has the you, know, you got to drop on the target and all that stuff. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good, that's a great game. That's a great. Game. Yeah. So I think I think yeah, I, I feel I feel like it's an Im- immature thing to do. I'm not really proud of it. Probably not going to quit doing it though. There you go. You feel better about yourself now that you got that off your chest. A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there you go. I will <laughs> say it's been a lot harder since I had my third child. So once he gets a little bit older, I'm hoping I find that time again to really just. You know, down. yeah, what? just really shut the world out 
You know, cease, cease, cease being an adult for about five hours. I think the game plan is to get him into it, right? Just have him rock that second controller. Like, we're doing tournament style. We're doing, like, closest target tournament style. Here it is. Well, I, I have I have made the comment to my wife before how awesome it's going to be when my kids get old enough to be into video games because then it'll be okay for me to be into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'll just do quality time here. Yeah, yeah we're, just, we're just counting down. I may or may not have given my kids a dead controller to imagine that they were playing with me at that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Genius. I'm not Genius. gonna say I'm not gonna say Yeah, that. Mike Texas punch out. It's a two player game. You're you're playing you're playing Soda Fensky. You're all good. Yeah, you're, you're all good. good. <laughs> uh all right, my number one, let's get into it. I hate saying it, I'm gonna say it out loud. Guys, I don't wash my hands after I use the bathroom. I just don't. No. I never have. I don't like, either, Brandina. I'm coming with you. If I pee, I don't, I don't wash my hands. Fuck that noise. I'm going to all the virus all over the place. Yeah, the worst thing is, like, I'll wash my hands before the bathroom. Is like, because it's like, you know, I'll wash that off to deal with what I got to deal with. But it's like walking out. And I always feel, not intimidated, but I feel kind of forced into it. Like, when I'm walking in the bathroom, if there's someone else washing their hands, like, I go through the, and I could just wash my hands. It'd be easier. I go, like, I fake wash my hands. Which is insane. That's like, hilarious. I just wash That's my hilarious. hand. But I, like, turn on a faucet and then grab a paper towel, throw it in the trash can, and then I walk out. He's like, why not just really wash your hands? <laughs> so you're just like, you're just wasting it. You're like, screw this paper towel. It makes no sense. Like, I'm just, like, I'm so anti-system. Just like, I'm not, nope, not even at this level. I'll never do it. I'll never do it. Oof, that's a tough Is that a thing you do? So you guys are in agreement on this one. Is that what I understand? We are, I mean, he still has his number one, which is video games, so you still have to judge right. and pick the winner. But you can weigh in on my take of not washing my hands after I use the bathroom. Well, that, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> this guy, I, you're, um, just, you're just being nice. <laughs> that's interesting I, slash I, I am, I personally am a, am a guy who does wash his hands after before going to the bathroom. Before and after? The bathroom? Definitely, after. not before, not before. Why before? Because it's just like, because that's when I'm handling my body. That's when I'm handling business. So I'm like, if I'm walking into the bathroom, like the most important thing is just like, I want to get all the germs off my hands to handle handle me. And then so wait, like when wait, it's, wait. when it's done, I didn't piss on my hands. Are you are you washing your hands in the bathroom before you go though? So you're making like before, a before, hit, yeah, hit stop at the I, sink before the urinal. Before the urinal, yeah, because like if another thing is just like, all right, so I'm I'm traveling through an airport, like I touched a bunch of shit, like I'm about to touch my D, like let's just wash his yeah. hands, well, wash his right. hands and get like a clean setup. But also afterwards, I'm not like, oh, this was I didn't piss on my hands, like this isn't right. Like, it just seems unnecessary. Right, you're like it's just my D all over my hands. It's fine. Let's go. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah, exactly. I, I we did almost my my buddy and I went in college almost got into a fight because it was like one of those like you know long lines for the for the urinals my buddy finishes up and starts to walk out and some drunk guy was like hey man did your mom teach you not to uh or to wash your hands after you take a piss he's like no my mom taught me not to piss all over my hands and then they got into it and i was like we're gonna get in a fight over washing your hands yeah. Now that guy was not Brandana. I just want to make that clear to everyone. That's sure. Thing. It wasn't Brandana. Kind of, you, you told a story that was really close to the Boston story we had. So it was just like exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So no, I'm I'm a firm believer. Like, if you don't pee on your hands, I'm not washing my hands. I also don't overthink the whole germ thing enough 
even wash my hands ahead of time. Like, I just think, like, whatever I have in my hands is, is fine by me. I'm a Viking. I'm not going to get sick. Let's go, Vikings. Yeah. Go, Vikings. Agreed. Drew, where are you on? It's interesting. Like, like I said, I'm, 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 a, I'm, in the, I'm in the wash hands afterwards camp. But, but I will say this. I, I will it's say a, it's this a very thing. exclusive camp. <laughs> it, it must be. You got to wash your hands before you enter the camp. I get it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Keep your nasty hands out of this camp. What I will say this though, you know, everybody, every guy has probably experienced this. You're in a, a public restroom, bar, airport, restaurant, whatever. You got another guy in there. You don't know each other. You're both doing your thing. You both finish at the same time. He goes to wash his hands. You head for the door. And you can just kind of feel his eyes in the back of you. And it's like, you know, I'm a guy who washes his hands afterwards. But, I mean, fuck you, Jonas Salk. Like, if I'm not going to wash my hands, like, (laughs) that's none of your business. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't think anybody should catch shade for not washing their hands, even though I am somebody who does it. You stay in the pocket, Drew. You stand tall. You got that MAB swag walking out of the bathroom. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You got a legion of non-washers right behind you. Who does this guy think he is? Yeah. All right, sir, who do you got winning the Neapolitan showdown? Call it now. I'm going to – for for the number one, just because I can so so closely relate to it, i got to go to most awesome with the video games. Uh, it's, just, it's something that just really speaks to me, something I, I understand. So i gotta, I got to give him the nod. I'm sorry. Something we've been trying to figure out for two years, who's the most immature, not shocking to all our listeners, it is Brandana. That's the most awesome win. We had Drew Jordan on the podcast this week talking a little college hoops and then stuck around talking about dead daddy-daughter dances and then finished up with Judge and Neapolitan Showdown. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you hopping on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Drew. All right, Adesanya versus Romero. A uh, little fight night recap. We had Trent on a couple weeks ago to kind of lay down what we'd be looking for. Uh, Adesanya <laughs> style bender. He was the defending champ. Yeah. And what's funny, bro? We laughing at over there. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, you're, you, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel we got a, we got a lot of hype. I, I, the undercards were good, but oh, this, sure. this, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it too fast. Yeah. No, no, no. That's yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. So we we fired it up, and I don't watch a lot of UFC fights. Uh, super interesting. I did find myself getting in it. Uh, what was your big takeaway? Well, I mean, I definitely like the undercards. I think we were texting back and forth. The the Bashin guy and the guy from the the Drakkar Noir guy. Yeah. His, his name, he got fucking cold cock. That was pretty sweet. And the two ladies going yeah. out. I mean, that was, that was legit. a that was a that was, that was just two fighters. Going in there and standing toe to toe and just trading blows. It was awesome to see. Like, yeah. and the one girl, the Joanna girl, her, I saw it online. They're like, she looked like a Mega Man. I don't know if you remember that old movie from uh, that cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Her forehead was just ballooned up. It was insane. Um, and it was a really interesting fight. I think we cut it on. I cut it on right. It's like two guys were bleeding all over the canvas. It was, I was pretty gnarly too. But uh, style bender. Uh, and Romero was just an interesting fight. And I think, you know, for our – I think we were, we were kind of texting back and forth about this. But, like, for our first, like, entry into there, it was a little bit – you know, we wanted to see bloodlust, right? And I think the casual fan wants to see that. And really what we got is is just a a, a chess match, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I almost wish that fight was seven rounds because I think eventually they would have gone into it. Maybe. I don't know, you know? Yeah, it was kind of cool. It reminded me of a little bit, like, just – 
kind of the Mayweather effect, right? Like I look forward yeah. his his fights would have like a lot of hype and he'd get there and he kind of goes in there and it's not like a trying not to lose. Like you kind of reference like in an NFL when a team gets up, uh, they just try not to give it away, but it's just, right. you know, they, we got millions of dollars on the line. You know, they're protecting their, their chip, protecting their belt the best way they know how. And it's just like, that was a style that was going to, he's not going to take any unnecessary risks, especially it's like, it's more of like, this is my belt. Come take it from me. Right. And considering, I think it was like, I mean, if you're going up against a guy like Romero for everything that they've talked about, who's just like a powerful striker, somebody who will just, if you make a mistake, he will end you. Like he will finish you. And you could see it. Like he just looked hulking and menacing. And it was like, and he wasn't going to deviate from the script. And so it was like, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where as the champion, you could see, uh, Israel like wanting to go and make some moves and take some leg kicks but also at the same time he's like look like I'm not going to be dumb and just go in there because people want to see it and then I lose what's 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 the sense in that like there was a little bit of like strategies like well I am the champion and I'm at least being slightly more aggressive than Romero is I'm going to leg kick him and strike at him but he's got to bring the fight to me a little bit as well too yeah so I think uh, just overall uh, takeaway, it, it was super interesting. Um, did gamble on it, so that always helps to suck me in. So that yeah. kept my interest. Uh, and help offset that $60 pay-per-view fee. These, these fees are eventually going to become a conversation piece. I mean, there's like... Um, oh, yeah. Like you're kind of breaking down the cost where it's just like, that's a little... It's a little steep. Especially when you've got the the other one between uh, Khabib and I think Patterson or Peterson or whatever. I know Trent uh, T-Boz is talking about it too. And I think that one's in May. So it's like, all right, so you got one of these like every couple of months, like, yeah. eh, you know, it ain't cheap. Yeah, it's like a, and all, it, and all of a sudden like a $60 subscription to like UFC. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, Dana, Dana. Yeah. Let's talk about starting these a little bit earlier. Let's okay. Well, 10 no o'clock. Shit. I forgot about that. That's a great point. Like I was like legit, like tired. I was like, people are staying up for this. This is nuts. Right, exactly. You know, it's just like it's it's a little too late for us to get into it. I will say I was from when we cut it on and started watching it like I was definitely like I was invested. I was oh, my God, it was it was an intense experience. I uh, I I think I wouldn't enjoy it as much in like a big group setting. I think I would want like a few people to watch it. You know what I mean? Just because I I would much rather listen to Joe Rogan and I think it was Daniel Cormier and the other announcer talk about the what's going on because i felt like they they also were selling it a little bit too but they also helped clue me in as to what was going on like the casual fan if i was at the bar i don't necessarily know if i would have been as riveted just watching it you know on my laptop or my my computer or whatever yeah that, that's another great point of something you can't take for granted is having just really educated announcers that are accessible that know the sport well and i just think right. like um joe rogan's like he's he's just great at that like it just like kind of yeah. breaking it down and it made it yeah that much more to watch um well yes we'll definitely talk to t-boz again and jump on to the next one coming up in may but we have taken up plenty of your time we are <laughs> using the hour of power very loosely for this episode but loved having drew on thanks for hopping on guys it's been episode 106 mvp is the week real fast friend of the podcast chris allen got engaged over the weekend so Congratulations to you, brother. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go, what happens after you get married and you have kids, I'm going to go with Kamish Et. She turned six on uh, Friday there. So it's her golden birthday, and we had her party on Saturday. Big Kamish Et, turning six. She's a big girl now. Love her. 
She's great. Awesome, brother. Well, bow, 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 bow to her. Bow, That's bow, great. Bow, bow. Um, all right, guys. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Podience, why don't you just lysel up your earbuds? Because this pod is full of Coromab virus. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.